opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Very excited to have special guest. Actually, she's been on my show before, Carrie Hannon. She's a best-selling author, motivational speaker, and Washington, D.C.-based career, retirement, and personal finance expert. She's here to join us this morning. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. I was so intrigued by your recent post on Facebook. I thought, I've got to get her back on the show. <laughs> uh, it is um, midlife crisis or midlife bliss. Love it. <laughs> I do, too. I think, why make it a crisis when you can be happy about it? I mean, not everyone's going out and buying a Harley, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're doing other things. Let's talk about that. Like what? Well, you know, I think that at midlife, it's a, it is a time where we hit up against a wall. You know, we start to, when you hit your 50s, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're losing friends from cancer and, and family members and, yes. and health crises of your own, or you've lost a job. So there's all kinds of things that are rattling us a little bit. But I find that the people I meet who, who kind of hit this point, they get this epiphany that, hey, you know, okay, this is happening, this is why I need to take charge of my life, and the find things to do that truly make me happy or give me a sense of giving back to the world. And, and it's, it's for real. I mean, it is out there. People really hit a point where they say, hey, I can make a difference, and let's do it now. Right. You know what's interesting? I think we tend to beat ourselves up, like we should be doing this, and I should have done that. And I think we have to stop and take a breath, take a pause, go take a walk, and listen to your inner voice. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I, I often talk to people about having, you know, this, I call it Carrie's Fitness Program, which is <laughs> part of it is being, you know, physically fit and spiritually fit, and, of course, financially fit is a piece of that, that helps you be nimble in order to do, you know, all kinds of new things at this midlife stage for us. And, and you know, it's, it's with the spiritual part that you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, getting centered and quiet and finding what it is that really is going to give you that core strength to move forward for this new chapter. Yes. I had, I mentioned to you before that I love to write, and I have so many things I've written over the years, and I know when my kids were little, that was one of my outlets. So I would scribble in a notebook, I'd go on on a plane to visit somebody, and I'd scribble and scribble, and finally I said to myself, i got to type this up. (laughs) And so you start writing and writing, and, and then you realize, wow, I found my passion. Yep. Yep, and it's, you know, it's so much about that. Some of us do have skills that we have today that we're not even aware of because it's so natural to us, and often it takes our friends or family to point these things out to us. Absolutely. Now, you just updated your award-winning book, What's Next? Tell me about that. I did, and it was really interesting because I went back and looked at people who had changed careers midlife to do something 
following a passion, something they really wanted to do. And, and it was really um, eye-opening to see what whether they were, in fact, still doing these things or mm-hmm. whether they had added new things to their wheelhouse in order to make it work for them. And that is what I found happened. Often, you know, someone who went off from being a lobbyist in Washington to he always wanted to have a stand-up comedy act. And he <laughs> became a satirist and, has, and he has this wonderful show here in Washington. But he realized that, hey, you know, I'm not making the money I really need to make doing this. So he went back to doing some lawyering work on the side as contract work. So you kind of shift around and find ways to make your passion work for you. Or some people built up businesses that that were successful enough that they actually were able to sell them, and now they're on to what might be a third act. But um, it was really fun to go back and meet them and hear the success stories. And also, um, I added some new people to the book that uh, you know that are really fun. You know that I think a woman who went from managing a department, uh, managing a Bloomingdale store, mm-hmm. to opening a pet store, and it just she loves her dog. And oh, I love this that. was really she uses all those skills she had in retail, but now she has this fabulous pet store. Oh, I love this. And uh, for people that are interested in the book, do you have a website on this, or just they would just Google you? Or um, the best thing to do is to go to my website, which is kerryhannon.com. That's K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-N-N-O-N.com, and you'll find the link to Amazon on there to What's Next. And um, there's also another book I have on there that uh, came out last uh, a year or so ago called Great Jobs for Everyone 50 Plus, and mm-hmm. they're both really meant to give people inspiration and sort of this can-do. Here are the steps I need to take to make some changes in my life um, and and to find sort of happiness at this stage. And, you know, you should never think it's too late, you're too old, you're too this, that. I started taking improv classes a couple years ago. I was at the Groundlings and then I was at UCB in L.A. And, you know, there are people all different ages, all different backgrounds. I think that is so true. It's, it's, you're never too old. And, in fact, I think it's really fun because I tell people nothing is forever. So you might do something for just a, couple, a little while, and you may shift to something else. Or you may weave together, together and I think you've done this, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of different things you like to do. So it's not that you're just have, you just have a radio show, but you have some other things that you have your writing and other uh, avenues to pursue. So it's kind of like having a cool quilt. Yes. And it's okay to have a lot of interest. Some people think, oh, what's the matter with me? I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I say, why not? You know, it makes life interesting. I agree. I agree. Tell me about your upcoming book, Loved Your Job. Well, this book will be out early next year, and it's called Love Your Job, and I call it, and if you'll excuse the expression, I call it the suck it up book, you know, (laughs) and it's for, you know, it's for the people who have jobs, and I say just quit complaining. I spend so much time speaking to people who are over 50 or midlife, and they're trying to get traction in the job market if they've been laid off, if they've taken early retirement, but they realize they need to keep working. Mm-hmm. And there's this fear about living their money, and they want to be in a job market. And if and I'm so tired of these people who are always whining about their jobs. So mm-hmm. I wrote a book saying, get it together. Right. You know, let's have let's fall in love with your job again and so i i it's a very positive book about how to find the joy in your job today the joy around the edges 
what changes you can make, both internally and externally, to really, you know, find your passion in your work again so that you're not there grousing and complaining because mm-hmm. that's not a solution. Right. I would love to have been a fly on the wall when you were coming up with the title for that book. Uh, <laughs> put, shut up, put a sock in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but, you know, it's kind of like take this job and love it. You know, it's yeah. just seriously, you can't, you're fortunate to have a job, be grateful, and now make it work for you. It's so true. You know, the other thing I have realized is uh, we all go through a lot of rejection, whether we're applying for a job. You know, I, I've been in voiceover. There's a lot of rejection. You know, sometimes people are doing you a favor. It wasn't meant to be, or you come up with another idea. I don't look at rejection as as a, uh, a negative a lot of times. Yeah, oh, you're so wise. I, I think initially it hurts. It stings. Of um, course. And, and you do have to reach, you know, hopefully you've got that, that sort of meditation or, or mm-hmm. some sort of practice that you have that centers you, that allows you to kind of absorb that rejection and, right. and critique and say, okay, what did I learn from that? Mm-hmm. And, and often it propels you off into a new direction um, that you didn't expect. Right. Yeah, I think you have to find, try to find the positive. It's very hard, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a good skill. Yeah, it, it is. And, and also, you know, sometimes, you know, that sort of thing, you have to tough it out. And, and I think a lot of people write about it today, and you've lived it, and I have. It, you, it teaches you resilience, mm-hmm. and, and that's a really important thing to have in life. Tell me about, I know you've been a contributing editor at Forbes magazine, and uh, you're the second verse columnist for Forbes.com. How did that all come about? Well, really, you know, I I, start, I wrote for Forbes as, when I was young. I started there when I was 25, mm-hmm. and uh, it was an amazing job for me. So I worked in-house at Forbes for a number of years in New York and then in Washington. And I um, and so as I moved along in my career and I had I, the book, uh, the What's Next book came out, and they um, reached out to me and said, hey, you know, there's a lot of us in this boomer world who are looking for second acts and what to do next. And why don't you be our kind of bard of second careers and <laughs> help yeah, us uh, right. guide us along this path? And so I've had a lot of fun writing this column and writing uh, both for their online uh, site and the magazine about, you know, people who have made really cool career transitions, but also things to giving people advice on if you start a work-at-home business, you know, working mm-hmm. for yourself, things, you know, the nuts and bolts of retirement plans. And so I kind of do a broad sweep. And um, it's, it's, for me, it's just a lot of fun because I get to meet some really interesting people who have made uh, great career changes and also uh, give practical advice to others who want to do the same. Oh, I bet. I, I mean, could you just share a couple things that people have done? I know you talked earlier, they went from this to that, but there's, have there been some really interesting uh, moments of career change? Well, you know, I think there, there are a lot of, even some really big picture ones. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the, um, you have people who uh, have gone from, you know, having uh, tremendous jobs at, um, at, say, Microsoft, right? Yes. And um, have moved on to working for uh, here in Washington D.C. Uh, Martha's Table, which is uh, you know providing meals for the homeless and so forth. And oh, she's and and 
becoming uh, the executive director there uh, for Patty Stonecipher was really an interesting second career because she actually didn't need the work. Mm -hmm. But she has taken on this really tough project here in Washington, and it's inspiring to say, you know, go down. She said, I've always had kind of these lofty jobs. She was with the Gates Foundation and so forth. And she said, I really wanted to get down and get my hands dirty and, yes. and get and, and really be part of change in a city and making a difference and eyeballing the people she was helping. So her career mm -hmm. transition, I thought, was just really interesting because she's still in her 50s. It's not like she's she needs to be doing something and staying mentally engaged and socially engaged as well. And and this is really giving back in a fine way. I think that's fantastic. With all the things you're doing, you're also part of a PBS website, nextavenue.org. Oh, yeah, and that is even a little bit different because I'm, I'm still writing to my peeps, who is what I call the, yes. the, the boomers I write for. Okay. <laughs> but this I gear to women, and oh. I've written a few books over the years for women. I did a suddenly single book for retirees and, and divorcees, and I did a book on retirement planning for women. And this goes back to stuff that I feel every day, so I write... For them, a column for boomer women on personal finance and careers. And so mm -hmm. I really look at ways to, to sort of give women uh, practical tips. And it's nextavenue.org is the PBS uh, site that it's called nextavenue.org. And it's just uh, really uh, empowering stuff and hopefully helps women get just a little uh, braver and more uh, confident about investing and managing their own careers. That's great. And now, you, you know what's really intriguing is that you are doing so many things. You've written a ton of books. Do you have a specific schedule to your writing, or do, you know, do you have your time where you say, well, you know, I'm going to get up really early every morning or the weekends, or how do you make all this happen? Yeah, you know, it is so true. I think I just read a column, maybe it was David Brooks in the New York Times this week, about how writers, it's all about discipline. Mm -hmm. And and for me, I am a morning person, so I get up at 5.30 every morning, mm -hmm. and I am fantastic until about you know 12 or 1 Ooh. and then my brain sort of slows down yes <laughs> and uh that's the time to start maybe returning emails <laughs> oh that's good but um but yeah i and i no matter what day it is i work every day I, there's good. not even if i am quote on vacation which i rarely would ever take a day off from from writing in some way mm -hmm. i mean it's just it just uh, it it keeps the juices flowing i agree i agree and i've actually started this um I told you, writing online, so I, you know, I, I take all my stuff, and I, even if it's, uh, I only have a half an hour, and it's 9.30 at night, I say, I'm just going to type up the story I wrote, because I need a sem sense of accomplishment every day. It, it is, isn't it? I mean, yes. you really, when you kind of check that thing off, you just feel like, okay, done, I did that, and yes. and it's, it's, it's something that, that's uh, I guess palpable. I'm not sure that's the correct word, but you can feel it. You can see it. You've 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 accomplished something. And I think, particularly for writers, it's something that I often take assignments where my husband will say, "Why why did you accept that assignment?" I say, "Because I, I, you know, it's an intellectual challenge for me. But I need to keep writing every day, every week, every day. Yes. It's just it, I get better. The more I write, the better I get." Mm -hmm. And I like what you said. You do need a challenge. I you know I I love you know switching it up, writing different things, and uh, I've been struggling on my screenplay for a while. Oh, you've got to do that. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, but I keep, you know, I change my story, and, and I thought, okay. And even though I might have people going, are you done yet? 
<laughs> which well, is so annoying. We're never really done. <laughs> no. I just interviewed somebody. He said it took like 15 years, which I don't want to take that long. But, you know, I can relate to that because things things happen in your life. The story changes. But getting it done, you know. Yeah. Get it, you need to set deadlines and, and, you know, personal goals. But it's all being accountable to yourself more than anybody else. But right. I think, uh, I believe that, that at this stage in our life, there's, you know, we really have this bon- these bonus years with living longer, healthier lives. And, and the more, I mean, right now we can, you know, I'm going to be, uh, I'm 53, I'll be 54. I mean, I've mm-hmm. got, you know, a good 20 years to keep rolling fast at as oh, fast yeah. as I want to go and maybe more. I mean, I envision always to be writing. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's great. I have a neighbor who lives across the street. She's at least 85, and she's out there watering, fertilizing. <laughs> and I go up to her, I said, you're my hero. You know what I mean? Yay. And, you know, piece of what we talked about a few minutes ago about the soul fitness, you know, being spiritually fit. I mean, you really need to be physically fit and her doing stuff like that. And I don't mean running really fast miles or bench yeah. pressing, but, you know, when you have a certain physical fitness, and I get it from long walks with my dog and I horseback ride and stuff, but you exude this energy and this possibility and this sense of, like, people are like, oh, I want to work with her. You know, she's got this vibe that yes. I like. And and uh, it's hard to put your finger on it, but I think it's better than Botox. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Tell me something, because the theme of this show is get the funk out. Mm-hmm. Wh- what kind of advice could you give to somebody, let's say, in a career funk? Oh, well, very, very, very important to, you know, if you're in a career funk, it takes... It's about you. It's mm-hmm. about your own attitude because you can change that up inside you, how you approach something, how you view it. You often can't control externals, but if you can take control of your internal game, that's your best first step. So mm-hmm. really look at yourself and say, you know, do this you know, analysis. It goes back to your writing. You know, if you can journal and find out, you know, what are the things that are really your triggers that are upsetting you? And, you know, it, people talk about gratitude a lot these days. I think it is important to try to find moments at the end of your work day, I don't mean the end of your day of before you go to sleep, but before you leave your job or shut down for the day, think of three moments that were bright for you. Mm-hmm. Did you have eye contact with someone in the office that you actually had an engaging, you met them face to face, you looked them in the eyes, you had a smile? Yes. That could be a really bright moment. Right. So I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but I think that we can find happiness in our job and then work on the game from inside. And if you need to make external changes, go for it. But do it in baby steps. Nothing rash. You need to come from a place of calm and rational thought. Right. You know, it's interesting, rational thought, because I uh, went to a seminar, uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, and somebody said, just be clear on who you are. Really, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't think, you know, you're going to be, if, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you can't be a, a 20-something. Be, be clear who you are, who you are as a person, what you're capable of. Don't be a dreamer too much. Well, I think that's good advice, but I don't, I don't agree with not dreaming because yeah. I'm a big fan of, of uh, you know, you're only limited by your dreams on a certain level. You just might have to tweak them. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but is but it true. is knowing who you are and, you know, and setting appropriate goals. I mean, you need yes. to, sometimes you've got to reach, reach for the stars, but then there are the little baby steps to help you get there. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say somebody's in a financial funk. Yeah. I know you've written this book, Getting Started in Estate Planning, but, you know, do you have some advice for people, you know, they just, they've always kind of uh, been floundering. Yeah, you know, the thing is, in anything, especially when we were talking about jobs and careers earlier here, 
Uh, money is the biggest stumbling block for people in order to make changes in their work life because um, whether you start you want to start your own business or uh, change careers, you're going to start with a lower salary probably or may not even be able to pay yourself if, if it's working for yourself. And so you have to get a grip on your finances uh, in a major way, and a lot mm-hmm. of us just don't want to think about it. So um, for anyone who has been successful in making career changes that I've interviewed, one of the most important steps they, they've been able to do is get nimble. And being finan- you know, debt-free gives you you're nimble. You have choices. It gives you choices to do different things in your life. So yes. I advise people just... Make yourself really sit down and look, do a budget. Look at the, it sounds boring, but you've got to find out where you're bleeding money. Where, yes. where are you spending money that you, that's discretionary, that you really can trim back. And when you can get a feel of your budget, then you can look around and say, okay, well, what can I cut out? What are some things I can do yes. to make my financial life uh, easier for me? And some of those things might be, you know, downsizing your home, depending on your real estate market, if you can move to a smaller home, especially uh, boomers whose kids have grown and you, ha- you don't need as much space anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can refinance your mortgage. Really pay down those credit card debts. That's a huge zap. I mean, those things zap you, zap you, zap you. So yeah. I just tell people, get, get hard, get tough. You know, you've got to tackle your finances before you're going to really be able to move ahead. Exactly. And for people that are suddenly single, I thought that was an intriguing title. Uh, because some people, you know, they don't know how to manage money. They don't know what to do when they are suddenly single. Yeah, you know, and it, and it happens. It's it's startling and, and, and really uh, deer in the headlights kind of thing for many women. But I find men as well, surprisingly, mm-hmm. are just as uh, flounder if they've been married for for a long time because you've grown so interdependent on who handles which financial tasks in the house, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's investing or just uh, uh, everyday management of, of the home and so forth. So, I, you know, the best advice is really to go slow for everyone. You don't want to make any rash moves. Often, you know, um, you're always encouraged not to make any big investments or make not even, you know, any huge financial decisions you know, pump the brakes a little. This is a time to just, you know, go through what you have, make a plan moving forward. But, you know, talk to, you know, put your little team of advisors together, hopefully, because you're not going to be seeing that clearly right now. So you shouldn't right. make any big big changes to your lifestyle, but you really need to find out what you have and where it has. And, you know, basic things like changing your will and and your beneficiaries on your big accounts, yes, yes, you need to do that sooner rather than later. But uh, do you need to sell the home that, you know, in the next three months? Probably oh, not. Yeah, yeah. Do you need to get remarried? No, not no. right away. <laughs> you know, don't seek another, you know, you need to just live with it in, in that space for a while and take control. Yes. Carrie, if people want more information about you, could you throw out your website again? Absolutely. It's Carrie Hannon, which is K E R R Y. H-A-N-N-O-N dot com. Great. Any last bit of advice or people facing a Monday that they don't want to face? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I just am a big believer in, you know, having confidence in yourself and your own abilities. We all have terrific things to offer. And so just, you know, believe in yourself. You really, you're you're your best advocate. So true. Thank you so much for taking the time to call, and I know you're one busy lady. Well, thank you. It's been so much fun. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Carrie Hannon calling in. She is best-selling author, motivational speaker, and Washington, D.C.-based career, retirement, and personal finance expert. If you missed any part of today's show, it'll be up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. 
We're going to take a quick break and we come back. Kevin Suras is going to join us. He's an innovator and entrepreneur and CEO of AppVance. I met him at TEDxOC just a couple weeks ago. Very excited to have him on the show as well in just a few minutes.